0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen. Well, so glad that you are here today. It's gonna be an awesome day. Uh, in the presence of God, and um, we also want to welcome, of course, everybody joining at our campuses, our Michigan Street and our Red Bug Lake campus here at Crayford, everywhere across all the campuses. Come on, let's show some appreciation, all right, to the the family of God meeting all together, and of course, there are some of you that are joining us on a uh, screen somewhere else, and... No matter what, we're glad that you're a part of this and we want you to lean in and we look forward, if you're on a screen somewhere else, we look forward to a time when you can be with us in person at one of our campuses because it's great to be a part of the service there but it's also, it's even better when you're uh, in one of the rooms with all of us and uh, so we we hope hope to see you soon in person. But uh, all right, y'all looking good today. I think we're ready for this. Am I ready? Today is Palm Sunday, amen. Anybody bring any palms to be waving around? No? All right. Uh, I wore green in honor of Palm Sunday. Uh, uh, No, we have been in this. uh, Palm Sunday, of course, marks the beginning of the Easter season, the Passion Week. And um, so Easter, as we have said, is just our our first Easter service is just five days away. And there are invites out there. I encourage you to uh, um, to. Maybe volunteer in one of the services and maybe attend one of the services and bring somebody with you to all of those. I mean, just uh, we're, we're trying to spread the word and see uh, we're going to present the gospel in as clear of a way that we know how uh, all of Easter weekend and we're believing for so many to be transformed. Um, and so we, we are so glad that you're going to be a part of it. Don't miss an Easter service. All right. Uh, we, we want the faith family there for sure, all right? So none of you, I had a couple people come up and say, I'm out of town and stuff like that, and I chastised them. I said, I did not approve that trip. Um, and um, so they're changing their plans, all right? No, they're not. But no, if you're, we want you to be a part of one of these services. Starts Friday night here at this campus, Saturday night, Friday night seven, Saturday night six. Uh, and then Sunday services here at Curry Ford are different, so don't show up at 1115, uh, I mean, you can, but it's 8, 10, and 12 next Sunday here. Uh, there, are at our campuses at the Redbug and Michigan Street. Times are the same. We have been um, in this series called What Kind of Church Is This? Speaking of inviting people to church, because when you invite people to church, sometimes they say, Well, what kind of church is that? And we have been answering that question now for quite a, quite a number of weeks. And this is actually our last week in the series, and the church said "Oh, All right. Some of you are like, good, I'm kind of tired of this. All right, no. Uh, No one is tired of it, but it's all good. This will be our last week of the series, and I know most of you have committed to memory what each week was about, Um, and so I could bring probably any of you up here and be like, name off all 11 weeks, and you would do fine with that. But just in case somebody missed a week or something, let me now, in review, Bring out and answer the question, what kind of church are we? Are you ready for this? We are, week one, we are a consecrated church. Week two, we are a worshiping church. Week three, we are a generous church. We are a reaching church. We are an imperfect church. Mm, I know some of y'all like that one. We are a believing church. We are an empowered church. We are a holy church. We are an involved church. We are an influential church. And this week, finally... We are a missional church, come on, and the church said amen, we're missional. And as a matter of fact, one of our staff members came to me early this morning, and, uh, and then we were going over some stuff, and he said, I won't, I won't mention his name, but he said, so today, we're a missional church, right? And I said, well, actually, we're a missional church every day. And then he rolled his eyes, and like, I don't have to, I'm too early for that, and I'm like, I know. I have the gift of sarcasm, it comes very natural. Uh, But I know what he meant, but here's the thing. Like, if we were just a missional church today, we wouldn't be missional. Right? Like, it's not, this isn't a day focus. This is just a clarity of, like, we are a missional church. I'm going to, we're going to spend some time in Mark chapter 6. So if you have a copy of God's Word, you can get it there. But let's pray and ask God to speak to us, and um, let's be ready to obey whatever God says. Lord, thank you for your Word, I pray Uh, As always, God, that you would open our hearts to receive your word, to hear from you. We say, speak, God, because your church is listening. And I I thank you, God, that your word can get in and change our attitude. It can change our behavior. It can change our approach. It can change our trajectory and our future. And I I pray, God, that that would happen today. Anoint this word. Let it be a fresh anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Mark chapter six and we'll start with verse 32 as we consider what it means to be a missional church. It says, so they went ahead by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. This is Jesus and his disciples getting away to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, now, when Jesus landed at the solitary place, it was no longer a solitary place. Now there's a whole crowd there. The Bible says he had compassion on them and when they were, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him, and they said, this is a remote place, and it's already very late. So his disciples said, send the people away. Send them away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and they can buy themselves something to eat. We're gonna hit pause on this story and we'll pick it back up. But hit pause right there because this is where the mission in this story is getting ready to kick in. The disciples are saying, hey, let's send them away and they are getting ready to have a a lesson, a reminder on mission. For us to be missional as a church is so important. I mean, one of the reasons why it's important is as, as people have studied churches and church culture through the decades, um, studies always kind of find a, a common thread running through healthy churches, and they find that a church, um, the, well-believing, uh, the well-being of the believing community is directly proportional to their obedience to God's mission. Uh, when the people in, in a church have a sense of mission, things go well, the church is strong, the church is healthy. When the church expends itself for the sake of others, it becomes healthy and grows. We find this across denominations, across uh, cultures, across nations, that churches that are involved in the mission are healthy churches. But we're not involved in mission to be a healthy church. We're involved in mission because it's God's heart the, the mission is God's heart. We're, we want God's heart and in, in, in our heart in the heart of this church. Now the side effect of that will probably be that we will be a healthy church, continuing to be a, a, a healthy church. And we, ha- we are a missional church. And I wanna just celebrate your involvement in that because uh, if we've, if we've, as we have looked back to 2021 and I got a, a text just a couple of weeks ago that kind of also celebrated that. But as you know, we give um, we give to missions uh, on a on a monthly basis, and that is our, um, our 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 monthly global faith missions commitments that happen. And if you've never done that before, uh, uh, you can still you could still do that and pick pick up right right here at this part of the year and go um, go throughout until our next time of commitment, which would be in the fall but it's mymissionspromise.com, and so that's our monthly mission support, and in that, those monthly offerings for 2021, uh, Faith Assembly, you gave towards worldwide missions, and let me hit pause right here and say this, when you give in these kinds of missions um, projects and this monthly support and the project that we're gonna give to this, this uh, at the end of this service, which we'll tell you more about in just a second, when you're doing involved in those, you're not giving to Faith Assembly, You're giving through Faith Assembly. It's important that you understand that, that any involvement in something like this, because I know it's a little bit of a risk to even talk about giving, because there have been people, uh, some preachers or whatever, who, who have probably manipulated scripture and abused scripture in this, in this topic and, and, um, and maybe out to get rich themselves, and so there have been abuses, and I acknowledge that, which then makes it difficult when you're just trying to teach the word, which talks a lot about what we do with our resource. So we can't ignore that part of the word, so obviously it puts us in a, in a, in a unique position, and we get that. But it's, that's why it's important to, to know this, that like, I don't get a percentage of something that comes in towards these projects or missions. Like Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, all of what comes in today in this offering we're getting ready to receive will all go towards Ecuador. But in these monthly missions offerings uh, in 2021, Faith Assembly, you gave over $1.1 million to the world like to, to reach people across the world. Amen, that's incredible. And beyond that, beyond that, the text I got two or three weeks ago was about our our entire the combination of all of our missions efforts. So it's not just those offerings, but it would also include um, speed the light and, and light for the lost and BGMC and uh, missions trips and short term uh, missions appointments. And when when you combine all of Faith Assembly's missions efforts. Altogether, we gave over two million dollars to reach the world in 2021. And we are a part of a we're part of a fellowship of, of churches called the Assemblies of God. That's our uh, you could call it a denomination, that's our fellowship of churches, and so within that. Um, the text I got talking about our total, um, that put us at uh, number two in the nation for supporting assembly of God missions across the world. So we're, that's so, so, so incredible. and uh, we're, we're believing for even greater. Somebody say, "Amen? amen. Oh I, I need a everybody, Amen, we're believing for even greater. Amen. That's right. We are. because we're a missional church. Now let me talk about today's mission before I get into this word. Um, As we showed last week, I'm going to show it right now, this video about this project that we are in at this Easter season. Every Easter season for decades, we have done a sacrificial offering to honor the greatest sacrifice that's ever been known, which is God sending his son into the world to die for our sins, and so in this Easter season, we usually take a moment, so we're going to make a sacrificial gift towards a missions project. and. And the Assemblies of God, the this, this same organization I'm talking about, across the state of Florida, uh, they're coming together in this project that I'm getting ready to, pre- to present um, that we showed last week as well. You know how sometimes, even when we all come together, uh, sometimes we go, well, what I have to offer isn't maybe all that significant, although it is, but we think that. But when we all come together, all of a sudden we can do something very significant. So the same would be for churches. We're coming together with, uh, with hundreds of other churches as part of this project to make a a huge impact in the country of Ecuador. So check this video out and then we'll share the word.
0: Imagine wanting to become a pastor, but lacking the finances to pursue education or being called to missions or church planting without the tangible resources to see that dream come to fruition. This is the reality that many locals face in the villages across Ecuador, Home to 18 million people and 14 indigenous people groups, Ecuador may be rich in volcanoes, rainforests, and the ocean, but their remote regions are particularly limited in their accessibility to the gospel. As a developing country, Ecuador is plagued with drug cartels, violence, and high teen suicide rates but we have the opportunity to change that. This Easter season, we're hosting a church-wide sacrificial offering here at Faith to plant churches and train leaders across Ecuador. With a goal to collectively raise $150,000, Faith Assembly has the potential to fund pastoral training for 1,250 locals, award scholarships for 20 church planters, and complete five church building projects. Simply select the Easter Sacrificial Offering in the fund drop-down menu at faithassembly.org/give or our app to get started.
1: Amen. And so we're going to receive an offering. Uh, The today opens the window for that offering uh, towards that project. And if you're not prepared to give today, um, you'll be able to give over the next a couple of weeks towards that as well. Um, But we just believe that the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, it's it's its sending capacity, right? Like how how much can we be involved in reaching across what happens, right, when a church decides to go from just maintaining to being missional. And that's what I want to talk about. This is the point that Jesus uh, is reaching with the disciples, they're thinking about maintenance mode and he has to remind them of mission. What happens when a church goes from maintenance to missions, a missional mindset, this is what happens. Number one, the church accepts responsibility. We will accept responsibility. Missional people will accept responsibility. Um, uh, in verse 35 through 37, right? It's this same passage that we were reading. Uh, By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go and surrounding countryside and villages and they can can buy themselves something to eat. Send them away uh, so that they can take care of themselves. But this is what Jesus says back to them. He says, no, no, no. You give them something to eat. Jesus is saying, "No no, you take responsibility now here 's the back story before we picked up on the story is that the disciples had just been out and they were ministering across all of the uh, uh, Place and and, uh, seeing people delivered and impacted. And so they had come back after this ministry trip, or or after this, you could call it even a mission trip, right? They'd come back and they were sharing their stories and their wins. And and Jesus goes, Hey, you know what? Let's get away and rest for a bit. This was Jesus's idea. You guys, we, we haven't even been able to eat very much yet. Let's get to a remote place. And so this is the This is what they're trying to do. This was the plan, to get away to a remote place. And when they get away to this, what's supposed to be a remote place, there's such urgency, there's such desperation in the people that they get there and they figure out where they're going and they get there and they arrive uh, before Jesus and the disciples even get there. And when the disciples see all of these people, it's like, oh, but we had our plans like, we had what we were going to do, and now this is happening. And, and uh, but, but when Jesus sees them, he sees it in a, in a different way. It's, it's, like, it's like to the disciples, the crowd maybe was a bit of a problem, but to Jesus, the crowd was their potential. Like, it wasn't about their problem. Maybe to the disciples a little bit, the crowd was a little bit of a nuisance, but to Jesus, they had needs. To Jesus, they were sheep without a shepherd. What we want to be as a missional church is to never see the crowd as a problem, but we want to see the potential. We never want to see those that don't know Christ as a, as a nuisance, no, we want to see that they are in need of a savior. Is there any church, anybody here that wants to be a, a missional church and see the lost that way? And that's how Jesus, and so we want to see the world the best we can. We want to see the world through Christ's eyes. That's what it means to accept responsibility. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the, the closer you get, the nearer you get to Jesus, the more missional you'll become. comes down to us taking responsibility. They polled one time a thousand church attenders who were asked the question from, from across different churches, why does the church exist? 89% of these responders said that the church's purpose was to take care of my family, to take care of my spiritual needs. Only 11% of those that responded in this survey said that the purpose of the church was to win the world. Only 11% made it about, no, it's, it's I'm taking responsibility for everybody else. It's happened a, a few times when we've gone out to eat with, uh, with sometimes after a game or something like that with our kids, um, we'll go out, all the teams always love to go out for like the post uh, game celebration, especially if you win. And so we've done this many times where we're sitting at a table and usually a lot, all the parents of the team will sit at one table and then all the players will kind of sit at another table or maybe two ends of the same table. And it's happened a couple times where a particular server will kind of be used to this. And maybe they're in an area where a lot of teams come through. Or, or, uh, and so we've had a couple times where a server will kind of do it this way. That as they're taking the order and they're trying to figure out how they're gonna split up the checks, We've had a couple servers say it this way. They'll be like, taking my order, and they'll take my wife's order, and then they'll say, and what number is yours? And we'll be like, what now, and then, what number? So the boys all still have uniforms on. So we look over and be like, oh, number 12. Number 12's with us. like, okay, number 12, he ordered a lot of stuff. I'm like, well, he's with us, so I guess that's the way it is. Now what would happen if they said, now which number is yours? And be like, none of them, that's not mine. Well, that number 12 said he was with you. I've never seen him before. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe one of the other parents step up. Maybe he has to stay and wash dishes. I don't know if they still do that. That used to be a thing, right? Uh, maybe one of the other parents takes, steps up and takes responsibility. But when we're in that situation, we're saying, no, number 12 is on me, is on my ticket. Well, here's what's happening in this project with Ecuador. We, Faith Assembly, we, the, really the state of Florida, the Assembly of God churches in the state of Florida, we're saying, Ecuador, is with us. They, they may not have everything that they need now, but put them on our tab. We're going to take care of it. There are people there that need Jesus. There are churches that need buildings. There are pastors that need training. So put them on our bill. We're going to do this. It's our responsibility. I read uh, just a few uh, days ago, Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and and we're not going to go there, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it's it's a similar type of thing where Paul is appealing to the church of Corinth, and he's saying, hey, the church in Jerusalem is in need. And the church in Macedonia has already stepped up in an amazing way to help meet that need. And you have started to step up. I want you to continue to step up. And he said, at some point, you guys may be in need and maybe they're gonna be the ones that step up. But that's what the kingdom of heaven is about. And so now is our time to say, Ecuador, you're with us. We're gonna take responsibility because that's what a missional church would do. Secondly, a missional church will also Evaluate their resource. It happened like this in verse 37. As Jesus says, no, 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 you give them something to eat. They answered and they said to him, but that would take more than a, than a half a year's wages. They're talking about, uh, in, in another version it says that that would take over 200 denarii. And a denarii was a, a silver simple coin that would be kind of given like one per day of farm labor. So, you know, about a day's work. And so, that's why they're saying this would take over a half a year's wages. It would take over 200 denarii to feed all of these people. The disciples doing some quick math there. And then they said, are we to go and spend that much money on bread and give it to them to eat? And look what Jesus said. As, as they're talking about what they don't have, Jesus was like, how many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. And so when they found out, they came back and they said, "We have five loaves and two fish." I love this that while the disciples are worried about what, wait, that what they don't have, which we are guilty of as well. I mean, let's be. Can I just be honest? I know. I know when we're on this topic, sometimes it gets quiet in the house, and we're, that's okay. I'm just. I already brace myself for it. All right, because I know. I know I'm messing with people's like you know wallets and. All that, I get it. The research, like, that's a tough one. But let's be honest. Even already, we we, we talked about this sacrificial offering, and we showed this video, and you know that this moment is coming, and some of us have already started to do the math, and we go, but that would take X number, of dollars. that would take X number, and I don't know if I, because uh, because I have this to pay for, and I have that to pay for, and I have this to, and we get so focused on what we don't have, and what Jesus said to them is probably the same thing that Jesus is saying to us today, don't focus on what you don't have, Focus on what you do have, like what do you have? Because I believe this with all my heart, nobody, nobody on the sound of my voice has so little that they can't do something significant in a moment of mission like this, like we're getting ready to be a part of. It's so easy for us to focus on what we don't have. Here's the thing, when I think about all the, 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 the money that's going out, well I, I heard this story, uh, this guy in, back in 2007, I love this, uh, He got arrested, and I don't love the fact that he got arrested. I love why he got arrested, amen. Back in 2007 in South Carolina, this guy gets arrested. Here's why he got arrested. It's because he went into the bank to open up a bank account, and he went in with a counterfeit $1 million bill. Now, how did they know it was counterfeit? Because there's no such thing as a million dollar bill. That's what I love about it. I'm like, if you're gonna counterfeit, go big or go home. This guy was like, Who's got time to make a fives and tens and twenties? I'm going straight for the million. So he makes a million dollar bill and just strolls into the bank like I am that dude. And he lays down the million dollar bill and says I'd like to open my account right now. Uh, and so the person, the, the, the bank teller sees it and well there's no such thing. They call the police, someone comes, he gets arrested. Now uh, uh, here's my question. What was he gonna do with his million dollars? That's my question. Well, maybe ask it this way, what would you do? What would you do with another million dollars? And somebody in here may go, okay, if I had a million dollars, the oh man the ecuador thing i would be so involved in that i would get so matter of fact the first thing i would start tithing if i had a million dollars i can't tithe now but if i had a million i would tithe let me remind you that your first little well a hundred hundred thousand dollars and you have to let the hundred thousand dollars so uh you go well i would tithe yeah well okay but it's it's uh, here's here's the thing even if you had a million dollars or if you had hundred thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, here's probably what you would do. You'd probably do about the same thing you're doing with the money you have now. Yeah. See, when I think about like what kind of what kind of uh, uh, um, what kind of bills I have and what kind of money is going out, why, why I would get into a moment like this and go, I don't know if I can afford to be a part of this great project. I believe it's worthy. I just don't know. I can't afford it. If if I can't afford it, it's because I have set my I, like, my bills are what my bills, what I want my bills to be. Now, now, go with me on this. I'm not saying that, well, no, I have to have somewhere to live. I know. But sometimes, sometimes I have less money because of where I choose to live. Sometimes I have less money because of what I choose to drive. Sometimes I have less money because of how many streaming services I choose to pay for. Sometimes I have less money because of the phone that I want versus the phone that I want. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying any of that stuff's wrong. I'm just saying we have control of that which is why it's healthy at times to just assess our resource and go, what do I have to offer? What if I just, uh, one more time, if we just said, you know what, God, I'm just gonna resubmit this all to you, which is what the disciples had to do in this moment, when he says, no, 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 what, what do you have? Jesus asked them what they had because he was focused on not what they didn't have but on what they had. I think as a missional church, we will also embrace the response. Like when it comes time to actually do what Jesus asks us to do, we'll embrace that. I like, as this story goes on, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, remember this, they're putting them in groups of hundreds, in groups of fifties, 5,000 people, and then they're taking five loaves and two fish, and they, Jesus looks up to heaven and gives thanks and broke the loaves, and then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish, and the number of men who had eaten was 5,000 probably more with women and children than 5,000. The thing I love about this is the response was so obedient of the disciples. If I put myself in their position, right, that I know I got five, I know we got five loaves, two fish. I know that's all we have. I'm looking out at thousands of people and Jesus goes, have them sit down and tell them dinner's getting ready to be served. You think there'd be a part of you that'd be like, Really, though? I mean, is that what, you really want me to do this? Because I see how much we have, and I see all those people. It's gonna be like one crumb per person. Like, I don't even know, how's this gonna work? And he says, go get them all certain places, and circled up, and 50s and 100s, and so they do it. And then uh, these people all get there, and then now we've gotta figure out what we're gonna do with five loaves and two fish, and thousands of hungry people. And I want you to notice something, that Obviously, we know what happened at the end, that that food multiplied. I want to point out when it multiplied. Because it didn't multiply when they were going to see how much they had, when they were looking at their resource. It's not like the disciples went over and said, um, we have five, Jesus, five loaves and two fish, what? Oh, it's actually now it's 10 loaves and four fish. It's, yeah, it's, a, oh wait, oh, it's 20 loaves and eight fish. Now, what, oh. It's, uh, it's 40 loaves and eight, wait, what's that, at? what's mean? I'm going to stop that illustration right there because of my deficiency, You get the picture, all right? That's not when it multiplied, not when they were counting. It didn't even multiply when Jesus prayed over it. That's not when it multiplied. I'm not even certain that it multiplied. Multiplied when he started to break it, because he did start to break it and divide it up. And the disciples are still thinking, "I'm not sure how this is going to work." Do you know when it started multiplying? When it was distributed? Oh, it started multiplying when it was released. It started multiplying when they let go of it. When they were obedient. That's why this response, we can do so with faith and with confidence. I mean, I'm not even gonna get into the fact that everybody was satisfied and there was basketfuls left over. I'm not even trying to preach that part today. I am saying this. We've got to ask ourselves and trust God in this process. Am I doing everything I can with everything God has given me to make sure that everyone has a chance to know Jesus Christ as their Savior? I read about John Wesley, the great, Uh, pastor, preacher from uh, decades and decades and decades ago, but he lived so simply and humbly that by the end of his life, he was giving over 98% of his income away to the poor, living on just 2%. How do you get to that point of mission, of missional life? You just do it by being obedient to God where you are right now. As we are obedient and release something that could make a, a, a great difference. $1,000 towards this offering we're getting ready to receive. $1,000 would cover three years of pastoral training for over 50 villagers. $2,500 offering uh, would scholarship a national missionary preparing them to plant a church among uh, the tribes there. $15,000, which someone could do today, can build a tabernacle church for a jungle or urban village Many of these congregations are meeting in the open air, and don't. Have, if weather comes, I mean, it's just the service just gets completely ruined, and the run around trying to figure out what to do. If we, if we would just get to the point of being so missional that we would even respond and release what God has put on our hands, do you know this that what you give is God's, but you know also what you keep is God's. He owns it all. The earth is the Lord, and everything. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. I read what one journalist wrote about the mission of the church. And uh, this journalist's name is Matthew Paris, British journalist. Um, wrote, uh, writes for wrote for the, the the Times, which is a national publication based in London. And uh, by his own admission, he is not a Christian. But I want you to listen to what he said about Christianity and the mission of Christianity. Again, not a Christian. But this is what he writes. He says, the New Testament offers a picture of God who does not sound at all vague. He has sent his son to earth. He has distinct plans for each of us personally and can communicate directly with us. We are capable of forming a direct relationship individually with him and are commanded to try. We are told that this can be done only through his son, and we are offered the prospect of eternal life and afterlife in happy, blissful, or glorious circumstances if we live this life in a certain manner. Friends, if I believed that, or even a tenth of that, He said, I would drop my job, sell my house, throw away all my possessions, leave my acquaintances, and set out into the world burning with desire to know more, and when I found more, to act upon it and to tell others. Far from being puzzled that the Mormons or Adventists should knock on the door, I am to understand how anyone who believed this, which is written in the Bible, could choose to spend their waking hours in any other endeavor. This is an unbeliever talking about his perception and said, if I believe that, oh, the mission I would be on. This is why we're called to be a missional church, because we do believe it. We do believe that we exist so that others can encounter Jesus Christ. We exist with people in this city can encounter Jesus, and we exist so that people all over this world would encounter Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I love most about this passage of scripture is um, what happened the very next day. So here it is. These people all show up. And the disciples are like, we should send them away. Jesus says, I, I want you to take responsibility for this. They said, we. how can we do that? Jesus says, take another look at what you have to offer. Look at your resource. And then Jesus says, okay now, I want you to respond this way. And they, they did what he asked them to do. The day after this, after they feed these thousands and thousands of people with just a few loaves, the very next day, watch what happens. This is John chapter six. Twenty-four hours later, they asked Jesus, "What must we do to, the works, to do the works God requires?" Jesus answered, "The work of God is this: to believe in the one who He has sent." So they asked him, "Well, what sign will you give that we may say that we may see it and believe you? What will you do?" These teachers of the law asked. am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. I am the bread of life. Now watch this. I just happen to think that when Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. I think that the disciples were sitting around watching this interaction happen, and when he said I am the bread of life, I think they remembered back 24 hours prior. I think they remember back 24 hours prior when there were people there and the disciples went to Jesus and say, send them away so that they can find what to eat on their own. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Don't send them away. You give them something to eat. What do you have? And they said, all we have is some bread. And Jesus said, well then give them the bread. And I think now 24 hours later, some of these disciples were going, oh wait, yesterday, yesterday, Yesterday was just an illustration of today's truth. Like, we're not giving out bread, we're giving out bread. Like, we're not here just feeding people. No, we're feeding people. We're feeding their souls like, like this is what it's about. Like I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about meeting people's physical needs. And we're involved in that in so many different ways, too many to mention here in the city across the world. We're involved in meeting people's physical needs, but still the number one need that anybody has is a spiritual need to know Jesus. That's still the number one need. And Jesus said, while there's a world out there lost and, and dying and feeding off every other counterfeit thing, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And so faith assembly, if you want to be in my mission, then give them me. Do what you got to do to get my name spread, to get my name preached all over the world. That's who we are. That's the mission we're going to be involved in. We're a missional church. And I'm going to pray in just a moment as we get ready to give in this offering. And I I would hope this, I hope that nobody in this location at our campuses or watching anywhere else, I hope that nobody would feel any kind of undue pressure or manipulation or any kind of guilt or any, uh, because that was not the spirit with which this message was given. No, 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 we, we just, we're part of a kingdom that, that is the priority in our life. And, and so we just want to resubmit ourselves to God all the time and say, God, if there's something I have that can advance your kingdom, then I'm, I'm in. I'm yours.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.